understanding the grace of God is really, um, is really a lot about freely receiving from God. And I was thinking how, I remember there were quite a few years of my Christian life, my, 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 my first many years of my Christian life, um, and I was hearing, I would hear about, you know, about, about Christian giving and, and Christian receiving, and, and it was, it, for me personally, it was easier for me to latch on to being a giver um, and the giving than it was the receiving. I found out that, you know, we got into the flow of, of, of we would give as Christians, we would give to the church, and you'd be generous with people, you know, you, you would be good that way. And uh, I, the, the, the time I was in a position to where um, people, people had to give to me, I remember it was really hard for me, and my pastor had to really talk with, to me about it. I said, I just don't like this. I don't like somebody giving me something for nothing. And that was, in effect, me saying that I want to deserve it first. <laughs> don't give me something just because you want to. Don't give me something just because, you know, because it's free or even just because I need it. So I, I, I want to do something. And, and, I, would, and, and I, I noticed I was like that in many of the little areas. Somebody would want to give me a suit jacket or a tie or something. And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 you don't, 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 don't do that. You know, and it's like, I haven't given you anything for it. I don't deserve it, in other words. And uh, so it took me a little bit to, to change my mindset about, about being a receiver. And, and really, that was a reflection of some things between me and God, too. Because deep down in my, my conscience, I, I, I still felt like I wanted to deserve the goodness of God. I wanted to deserve the blessing of God. I wanted to deserve the favor of God. And that's why when I would see many things in the Bible that, that looked like these were the the, the, the keys or the, the activities that I could do to, to obtain or to earn that favor or to earn the blessing of God, that looked to be true to me. Because I wasn't grace-minded. I was merit-minded instead of unmerited-minded. Um, I want to look at a verse of Scripture in Matthew 13. I think where I want to start. And uh, because... <laughs> this is my text for today. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Sometimes it's the it's 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 the little kids, it's the babies are the only ones that help me preach up here. And uh, this is a one of those little parables or little sayings of Jesus that are misunderstood a lot. Now I got to, okay. In verse 44, and it gives us, it gives many of us a funny idea about God. When we're singing today, we were singing about everything we say around here, everything we sing. Have you noticed all the song? It's all about the goodness of God. It's all about the beauty of the Lord. It's all about the wonderful, uh, uh, you know, name of the Lord that we sing about today. And everything about him is good. Every name that he's ever named by and, and, and he names himself by is always something good. The name of Jesus. What is it? It's, it's your rescuer, your deliverer, your savior. God, God who is for you. God who is with you. 
He's, uh, you know, he's, you know, many Hebrew names in the Bible. He's your healer, your deliverer, your provider. He's your, it's always something good. It's never something bad or against you. It's always good, 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 good. But, but it's, but, but sometimes it seems like pulling teeth to convince people's minds how good God is. See, the, the key to this, this, this whole thing of, 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 of enjoying this eternal life that we talk about here and enjoying it every single day, you've got to know, you've got to believe that God is good to you and for you all the time. You've got to know that. If there's any question about that ever, then, 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 then you'll have a problem with that. You'll have a problem with receiving uh, from that grace of God. You'll have a problem with your heart being open to the goodness of God and the faith and the expectation of the goodness of God. And so you've got to know that he's good. And so... Um, one of the reasons that people struggle is simply because, you know, they still have these, these flesh memories of the, the, the ways of, of the world in their mind. And they're, 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 they're learning about this God who's unconditional, whose love towards you is unconditional. And there's nothing else like that in the world to compare it to. So it's something, something novel to you that you have to embrace really with your spirit. And, uh, uh, and, and so we have that. <coughs> but also... There's traditional religious things that have come to us maybe over, over time through some Bible passages that we just didn't understand. And whenever we, we have a misunderstanding of Scripture, it's almost always because we don't understand the context. We don't understand where he was coming from when he said it. A lot of times we read the Bible on a very shallow surface level, and it's almost like we think Jesus was looking 2,000 years later and trying to say something to us later on. And while these things do speak to us absolutely, personally, there were actual events that were going on here. There were actual reasons that he was telling the people that were right in front of his eyes that day these things. Now, in Matthew 13, verse 44, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field that a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has. Say all. all. All that he has. He sells everything that he has because of the joy of this treasure. He sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all, say all, all, all that he had to buy that pearl. Now, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard these, these verses of Scripture preached and many others similar to them. And the emphasis is the emphasis that we're putting here today, the selling of all that we have. Now, what do you get from that when you, when you see this verse of Scripture? What, what's the lesson? What is Jesus? What does it look like Jesus is, is telling us here today? It's the sacrifice that you have to give up. It's, it's if you really want this, you really want this hidden treasure, if you really want this, this precious pearl here, this is what it looks like he's saying here. And this is what people would always teach it, how, how they would always teach it. Then if you want to do this, then you've got to, you've got to sell all you, you've got to pay the price. He didn't say he wouldn't sold most of what he had. He said all of it. He was sold out. And so then they'd get up there and they'd preach about being a sold out Christian. And we'd all agree that we all need to be a sold out Christian. But we also knew in the back of our minds that, that we could think of areas where maybe we weren't. That's right. 
So then we would thank the man of God for reminding us that we weren't and we're going to try to do better now to be completely sold out the whole route for Jesus. I'll tell you what, that preacher, I said, he didn't beat around the bush today. He picked up that tree and he just hit it with us. He just told it like it is. If it 99% won't do, it's got to be 100% or nothing. All or nothing for Jesus. And every one of us, no matter how good we are, how much we're trying, how much we love God, we will all fall short of that every time. In fact, if you go to the book of Luke chapter 18... In verse 19, we see Jesus telling somebody else to do that. Luke chapter 18, verse, verse 19, or in fact, uh, yeah, verse 19. It says, now a certain ruler asked Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this, this ruler here... <coughs> He was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a, a religious leader, Jewish religious leader. He was, um, you know, there's, there's, there's other, there's, there's parallel stories here to where the, 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 uh, a man comes approaching Jesus, asking this similar question, and he, he's actually called a lawyer, an expert of the law, an expert of the Jewish law. So this guy's an expert. This guy's in ministry. This guy knows the word. And he's and he's and I believe he's very serious. He says, good master or good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He's looking for this wonderful thing that Jesus promised that Jesus said he came to give us. That he came to give us this eternal life. And this this is a great deal. And he's he's wanting this and he knows he doesn't have it. And he's and he's and he's and he's and he's looking for it. And Jesus said to him, first of all, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but one, that is God. So the first thing that we see here is that Jesus is saying that, he said, God is perfect. God, if he, God is the standard of what good really is. If you're talking about human anything, you're talking about something totally different. But he says, when we're talking about good, let's remember what the standard is. It's God. He is good. Everybody else is something else, <laughs> some other version. But God is the only one that is perfectly absolutely, completely, 100% good. He says, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. The man said, all of these things. Say all. <laughs> he said, all of these things I have kept since I was a child. I've done that, Jesus. I haven't killed anybody. <laughs> I don't steal. I don't lie. I don't, I'm, you know. This guy was trying. But, he, but even though he was doing these things, he said, but what about eternal life? Where's that? <laughs> what am I lacking? Verse 22. When Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you're still, but you're leaving one thing out. He said, you're leaving one thing out. Sell all that you have. Somebody say all. <laughs> wow, this is hard today. <laughs> Sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. When he heard this, he became sorrowful because he was very rich. Now, we're, most of us are familiar with this story, but I want to point out something here that maybe I don't know if you've seen this before. But when Jesus said you're lacking this, 
And he gives this command, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor and then come and follow me. What does he, in essence, really say? What is, what, what is the great commandment of the law? Love. Love your neighbor as yourself and love your God with all of your heart. It's always put together. It's like A and B. <laughs> but that is the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself and love God with all your heart. And, the, and, and so in this command here, in this, this thing, this is what he's exposing here. He's saying... He's exposing that this man who says, I have been done everything right. He says, okay, how about loving your neighbor as yourself? How about giving up away everything that you have and sharing that with them? Oh, so you don't love them as much as you love you. So you haven't done it all. You haven't kept the whole law. What about coming and following me? Now, i got too much going on over here. So, you don't love the Lord with all your heart. So, he exposed it, and he, the guy went away sad because he went away knowing, I'm just a sinner like everybody else. I don't. <laughs> I don't do it. Any good teaching of the law, any good teaching of something that, 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 that gives us Something to fulfill in order to get from God will always leave us walking away, shaking our heads, saying, well, we're just a sinner like everybody else. We, we're, we're, we're lacking, too. Just like, when, like the parable that I, that, I, that I began reading there about selling all that you have for that pearl of great price. Everybody, even though they would love that sermon, we would walk out knowing that we need to do better. We need to do a better job is what we would feel like of selling out for Jesus. And that gives us the impression that that's what God's waiting on. That that's what God's still looking for. That's the deal that hasn't been fulfilled yet that God's looking for you to fulfill. That's the impression people get. Verse 24, and when Jesus saw that, he became very sorrowful. When he watched the man walk away, And he said, it is so hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, well, then who can be saved? You just made it so nobody will do that. Nobody can live up to that standard. Well, that's kind of what Jesus was starting to say. He said, nobody's good but God. He said, you think you're going to live up to a standard? Really? And, he, and basically, he said, when they said, who can be saved? He basically said, it's impossible. <laughs> These things are impossible with man. If it's left to man, if it's up to you to fulfill something, to do something, if it's based on you selling out, it's impossible. <laughs> but with God, all things are possible. This is possible. What, what you just saw, that I just, I just made it look impossible, I'm telling you now that with God, this is possible. That's the good news. Then Peter goes, well, wait a minute now. We left everything and followed you. And they did. Well, what was the difference there? <coughs> they simply believed in him, didn't they? Why were they following him? Because they were better men than this man who had done all these good things? The difference was they believed in him enough so they followed him. They had faith. 
Now, about that parable. So what's, it, what's, what's that whole thing? What's that whole thing mean? Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. So here we are. We have these verses. We just looked at a couple, and there's others we could have looked at here, and preachers can use them, and they can, they can, you know, they can make us feel like we're still the unfulfilled part of the deal. Jesus gave all his life for me. Why can't I give all my life for him? Why can't I sell out? Then you start thinking, well, maybe that's why I'm not healed. Because I'm not sold out the whole route. Maybe that's why I'm not favored. Maybe that's why I'm not blessed. Maybe that's why I'm not happy. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why, maybe that's why God's holding out. Because God is good. It can't be on his end. So it must be on my end. You ever heard that? <laughs> Boy, that's hard. If it bounces back to me again, that's not good news. That's, I started out with, with, with it being on me. <laughs> I came to God to put it on him, to trust in him. And then to hear a message that puts it back on me. And the, 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 the bad thing about it is, is that we're sincere. We're born again. We love him and we're willing to try. <laughs> so people get caught in this legalistic trap. And Jesus says, if you want this according to what it looks like there in that parable. If the man really wants that pearl of great price, he'll sell all that he has to get it. But yet Jesus proves in the story of the rich young ruler that people don't have that within them to even do it anyway. So it's a requirement that's impossible. So Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says... For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Now, it's a wonderful, beautiful, goodly standard, that law. What makes that law weak? We do. <laughs> it's weak because of our flesh. But what the law could not do, it could not get us eternal life. It could not get us that pearl of great price. It could not motivate us enough to sell all that we had to get that beautiful treasure. What the law could not do, God did by sending his own son. So what about the parable? What happened? God sold all that he had. He gave his life. He gave it all away. He left glory. He gave his life up. He, he laid his body down. He, God paid the whole price for the pearl, for the treasure, for the field. You were that great that pearl that he wanted. You were that treasure that he found. You were that one. We sang about it today. Mercy looked upon you, not because of what you had done. <laughs> hmm? For God so loved the world that he gave. Huh? Gave his life. He's not asking us to pay the price. My goodness, you know how hard that was? Man, I would see that and I would be like, I mean, I, 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 would, I would try. I mean, I was going to count the cost and pay the price. I was going to mean business and I was finally going to get this thing. I was going to get this eternal life thing. I was going to get this blessing, this favor, this anointing, this power from on high. I was going to get this thing. And so it looked to me like all I had to do was just give it all up for Jesus. 
So I, the way I interpreted that was I quit taking the newspaper, canceled Sports Illustrated, and promised God that I was not going to watch the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball that year. They were my team ever since I was a boy. Surely God could not pass up a deal like that. Surely God it will take notice that I am trying to get rid of everything that's in front of him. And I did a pretty good job for a little while. <laughs> I did not watch the Cardinals that year. That was in, I think it was in 85, 84, 85. Anyway, dang it, the Cardinals went to the World Series that year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now I'm faced with this dilemma. They're in the World Series haven't been there in a long time. Who knows if they'll ever be there again. And You know, Lord, technically the season's over. <laughs> but I just felt in my gut that God really wanted me to not to watch those Cardinals. But I, my flesh was weak and I broke down and I watched that World Series. And I, I felt so bad because I... 162 games all for nothing. I blew it right there at the end. I couldn't give it all up for Jesus. I'll never get there. I'm no good. I'd be like the rich young man. I'd go away sorrowful. Because it was just too much that I liked. Count the cost and pay the price. None of us could. So what the law couldn't do because our flesh was weak. God who is good. God who loves you and for you. And just wanted to be with you. And just wanted this whole thing to work between you and him. He said, I'll, I'll do it. What if I just do it? What if I just don't watch the Cardinals for you? How's that? <laughs> what if I give it all away for you? Isn't that one? And, and, and you ever wonder if God, God really loved you? He's good, isn't he? I mean, Geneva was singing about, you know, how, how words, there's no words to really describe. It just, that's, that's one frustration I still feel so often in life. Like, God, all the good words have been used up. Or, how do I talk about you? How do I convey how good you are? I can say that you're good. I can say you, he's good. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. But... <laughs> It seems so much more than that. So what the law couldn't do because of our, the weakness of our flesh, God did it instead. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned that sin in the flesh so that the righteous requirement of the law would be fulfilled in us. Are you here? Would you all stand up? God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. God's with you and he's for you.